Hey everyone, you're listening to the Queens of Hustle podcast. In this podcast, me and my guests will be exploring fitness, culture, business, media, and everything in between. My name is Kiana and I am your host. I'm a professional pole dancer, fitness trainer, and social media manager with a background in journalism and a degree in communications. I am extremely passionate about personal development and talking to other queens about their dreams, hustle, mindset, motivation, and success, as well as valuable lessons they have learned throughout their experiences. Here is a space where we can have healthy and expansive conversations that can help you in the next step of your journey. Let's get started. Good morning, everyone. Hope you are doing well. So it is 8 a.m. and I just woke up. Uh, That's why my voice probably sounds a little bit more raspy than it usually is. Um, But I just wanted to get this episode out there ASAP because it is such a good one. Last week, I got to chat with the one and only Layla Davis. And you are going to be so blown away about how driven this woman really is. Layla Davis is a model, pole performer, instructor, and consultant based in London, England. She's also the founder of Black Stage Pole, a black queer sex worker-led project showcasing UK black and POC pole dancers. And just in case you don't know what POC stand for, that stands for people of color. In this episode, we chat about her dance background, the correlation between pole dance and mental health, as well as some of her amazing achievements in 2020. Now, let me tell you, you might end up feeling extremely inspired after listening to this. And don't forget that whenever you have that moment of inspiration or that feeling of just wanting to go after that something, go and do it. Don't make excuses for yourself because Layla surely did not. Without further ado, enjoy the episode. Welcome, Layla Davis, aka Cutie Whippingham. Did I say that properly? Yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> okay. Because, you know, us North Americans, like, sometimes we'll say, like, things like Whippingham. <laughs> yeah, people say that sometimes here, and I'm like, no, that's not it. <laughs> yeah, it's because I know that, it, like, Birmingham, it's, you know, you yeah. know, Birmingham, so that's how I knew it was Whippingham. But anyways, yeah. welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on to my show. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. So I wanted to start with asking you a question that I I ask all my guests at the start of every episode. So what sets your soul on fire? Ooh, like in a good way? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, Ooh, what sets my soul on fire? Like performing, to be honest. Like the stage is just where I've always wanted to be my whole life. So I think... Yeah, the stage is really where I come alive. That is definitely what sets my soul on fire. I love that. And we're going to get into performing and all that later on. I've already given the audience a little snapshot of you, but in your own words, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is you do? So I'm a pole performer. And like what I do is I teach pole dancing. I have like four classes a week that I teach. Sometimes I actually have to count because I'm like, how many classes do I have again? I teach three on a Sunday and one on a Tuesday. So I teach four classes a week. And I also am a freelance pole artist. So people hire me to perform at events, launches, music videos, like all different sorts of things. And I'm also a model as well. And then I, on top of that, I now manage a pole dance studio 
and I also um, like work in a restaurant as head waiter. No, I didn't know about yeah. the restaurant thing. I did not know about that. Yeah. Crazy. I you know. Have, you have so much going on. Yes. Well, you are <laughs> you are a queen of hustle, which is why I needed to get you on the pod. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so let's firstly talk about pole because um, that is, of course, one of the things that we both share uh, deeply. Um, I absolutely love the article that you wrote for this talk, which is about rejection and the route to empowerment. And in this article, you talk about how you started Pull and how it also improved your mental health. So for those who haven't read the article yet, would you mind sharing that story? So, yeah, I was just talking about how I came to start Pull well, and start the article. So I just mentioned that when I was 19, I went through a breakup. And at the time it was like quite like a heart-wrenching breakup. And I was thinking about this recently, actually. I It was such a period of transition in my life because I just graduated from where I trained at, like trained in dance for five years and I'd finished sixth form and I was kind of on my gap year and I felt a bit lost going through the breakup at that period of time. And finding pole was absolutely life-changing. Like I needed that kind of boost in confidence because you know how sometimes you go through a breakup and your confidence is a bit knocked so I kind of needed that at the time and also having something to focus on and something that just kind of clicked automatically like as soon as I touched that part it was like you are meant to be here and that gave me such a kind of overwhelming sense of purpose in life and just like from that day on I was like I can really like fuck it up like I can do whatever I want in life like it just made me feel so powerful and so kind of like untouchable and strong and having all of those like feelings and that kind of like boost within me like really improved my mental health at a time when it could have got quite bad instead it went the complete other way and it was like the best it had ever been and only kind of got better from there and also yeah it equipped me with the tools I needed to overcome like so many different challenges that I would be faced with in future so yeah it was just such like a strong part of like finding a good basis of my mental health Mm, and speaking of mental health what tips do you have for maintaining a positive and healthy mindset so I'm kind of like whenever I give tips on stuff like this I'm kind of like also I slip up in these areas too so like I need to take my own advice as well but Therapy is like number one, like um, during lockdown, I found the best therapist ever. She was like, I don't know, it's like she was made for me, like she was perfect. So yeah, therapy is like the number one, like always having somewhere to check in and kind of like someone that will listen to you and kind of give you good advice and tools to cope with challenges. So yeah, number one is therapy. Number two, also one that I like, I need to like, like do better at myself as well as like sleeping because I'm someone that's like very like I'll stay awake at night thinking of like 100 things to put on my to-do list so sleeping yeah so therapy sleeping and like making time for yourself to do the things that you want to do in life so kind of before I got the studio manager role I was working a bit too much like I was doing so much work and like having the new job and restructuring my timetable. I have a lot more free time. So I have a lot more time to actually think about myself. Whereas before I didn't really have that much time to do that. So 
therapy, sleeping, and making time for yourself. Those are my three kind of like top tips, the three things I'd highly recommend for good mental health. Absolutely. I cannot agree more. Um, yeah, like I also at some point during lockdown, I was working so, so, so much, almost like seven days a week just because it was lockdown and there wasn't much to do. Yeah. So, but then after I really felt burnt out to the point that I, I had to really cut down on my hours because I wasn't happy anymore. I wasn't feeling fulfilled. So um, that third point really resonates with me. But thank you for those tips. That's awesome. Um, and I know that you joined your uh, university toll society when you were back, um, back in school. Um, I'm yeah. just curious, what did you first of all study? I studied psychology. Mm, interesting. Yeah. And do you feel like your studies helped shape the person you are today? Definitely. Like it was, I learned so much about so much that it's kind of like psychology. Once you have, well, I'm not sure what everyone else's course is like, but I feel like once you learn certain things, you can't unlearn them or unknow them. So it really kind of like shapes how you function in life. Like, for example, like I did a module on self-regulation and how to kind of like commit to things and like regulate so that you are able to like do the things that you need to do and like every time I feel like oh can I do this like I really want to do this thing how can I find a way to add this kind of thing into my calendar that I really want to do and then I think about the tips and self-regulation that I learned in my degree and I'm like okay let me just pre-commit to doing this by putting kind of like a deposit on this thing and that will help me to commit and yeah stuff like that like it's always relevant and it's helped me so much especially in pole and kind of like being disciplined and like trying to find time to rehearse and like things to do with like just ev like so many different things like we do we learn about green exercise and how important it is to be like in green space and like see greenery and like how good that is for your mental health and like taking in knowledge so there are so many things I apply from my degree into my life that helps me actually like survive and thrive mm, I could actually already see the the amount of plans that you have in your background <laughs> so you're already applying that as well. <laughs> yeah we have like 90 plus plants so it's like that's another thing like committing to like making sure they all stay alive and like wow. looking after them yeah I know that's I love them so much. That's a lot of work though. That's a lot of work. It is, yeah. Sometimes I'm like, oh gosh, like, because they all have so many, like not all of them have extremely different needs, but some of them have way different needs to others. So it's kind of like, oh, am I looking after you? Like you need this thing? Like just like making sure like they have the things they need and like at the right <laughs> time, like some of them need watering every 48 hours. So it's just making sure that I water them and like dust the leaves and like give them a bit of plant food and I'm misting them when they get hot. Like, yeah, all of these things, but it's really rewarding because they actually regulate um the temperature in the room so when it's really hot it's never too too hot because I have the plants mm. and um obviously they purify the air which I need because I live very close to a train station so yeah so many benefits you know they help me I help them so on top of everything you're also a plant mom thank you for clarifying <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah that, that's crazy that um in the UK university poll societies are so common because yes. I was so shocked when I moved to the UK that like there were poll clubs at uni because yeah. where, where I'm from which is from Canada I went to Concordia University um and it was just two complete separate words oh sorry worlds 
pole was one world, school was another world, and they would never, ever, ever touch, never in my wildest dreams. And oh, then I no. moved to the UK and everyone's like, yeah, I started pole during uni. I was part yeah. of the pole club. And I, I was so jealous, envious. And like, I was like, wow, like this is something that I wish that like North America would bring on board. Yeah, it's really good. I highly recommend they start doing that. <laughs> do you um really strongly suggest for everyone that is interested in, in doing pole to do it through university like was it an amazing experience um I highly recommend if you're at uni and there's a pole society to join it obviously I can't say that every kind of university is going to be good vibes in terms of their pole society but um when I went to uni it was so good like I spent so much time doing pole like way more time than I should have spent to be honest because I was doing a degree but like pole was life like I was like it felt like my degree was something I was doing on the side because I was literally like vice president of Pole Society, organizing our trips to go to the competitions, performing in two showcases a year and three competitions, like organizing so many different pole events, organizing how we get merch, like so much stuff went into it. And it's, you know, it can be like a family as well. Like my friends I have through Pole are some of like my still like closest friends, like my friend Marusha, who was also on my course, but was president of Pole Society when I was vice president is like one of my closest friends like we had such a good time and it's really cute because you kind of go away together like you can do holidays but it also you go away to competitions in different parts of the country so you have those kind of like little getaways with your group and my group was kind of very queer a lot of people were sex workers like we were all very kind of like chilled but also like just yeah just like a friendship group really and it was just like really funny and we were like really loud and just like we really like um fought back against like harmful policies within our university the kind of policing of like the pole society which happened within our students union like it brought us together so much because we were fighting for like the same thing and yeah it's just such a nice place because also like classes can be free so when you teach you get free classes and like classes are like two pounds well in my wow. poll society they were like two pounds so you could get like a membership and then you're doing like two poll classes a week and it's literally costing you four pounds like when is that ever a thing Never. like it's so cheap and then you get the opportunity to come to compete and that's paid for for you by your university society's fund and it's like not only do you get to like have two pound poll lessons but you get to like go away to competition with like like for free and then you get to perform in showcases and stuff again for free and you get all of the kind of like photo shoots and all of the like videos and stuff and that's like really good promo so I highly recommend joining a pole society and if your uni doesn't have one then definitely found one because mm -hmm. in my university you only needed three people to come together to create a society you only needed to pitch it to the head of like the students union or the student union society's activities place but you only needed three people so yeah it kind of works out quite well so if you don't have a pole society at your union you want there to be one then you can like maybe try and make one and then you can also join the national university poll association so that you can do competitions too it's just great yeah highly recommend sorry i could go on for ages because oh. it was such a great time but yes i highly recommend <laughs> girl i'm getting like serious fomo and i wasn't even <laughs> in, in the uk at that time <laughs> But that's that's honestly so awesome. I am curious to know, did you have like a background in fitness um, or was pole really like your first sport slash, you know, form of dance um, and all that? Because you're insanely strong and flexible. Did you have any any like, oh, of course. D did you have any background in fitness? So 
yeah I've been active my whole life like my mum made me start ballet when I was two I finished ballet when I was six because it was kind of bad vibes with the people there and then I started um when I was in primary school I started gymnastics and I also started some other kind of like street dance kind of stuff like hip-hop stuff and then later on in primary school like when I got to year six I quit gymnastics because I got scouted for Crystal Palace Diving Institution so then I became like a diver and it was like the aim was training towards the Olympics like it was like an Olympic diving team so it's really intense and I wasn't really feeling it like that I just was there for the vibes and the fun not to like take it too seriously but they wanted it to be a serious thing so I did that and then I stopped doing that and I did judo and then I went from judo and I was like I really just want to start dancing and so I found a dance place to go to and it turned out to be like an amazing institution and I was there for two years and then I wanted to audition to get into their professional program so then I took on ballet on top of contemporary and then I also did another contemporary class and then modern and tap so I was doing in fact I was doing two ballet classes a hip-hop class two contemporary classes and then modern and tap so I was doing seven dance classes a week and then that was just kind of prep myself for this audition and then when I got into the advanced training program I was there for another two or three years and then I graduated from there and I joined English National Ballet to dance there in their kind of like evening classes and I started pole at the same time so it's very I've been very very active since I was like two years old so it's just like finding pole is like a perfect combination of just like that kind of like sport and that kind of gymnastics with dance and like music and like kind of contemporary style movement and like sensual movement it's just so perfect it's just like the best it's like it's like everything I did in my younger years all the skills coming together for one thing and I love that Mm. sorry that's just like a long like life story but yes I have been active before I did a lot of different things that's amazing and don't yeah. apologize I, I I love like going into detail that's why we're, we're we're doing a podcast you know so you're absolutely fine but yeah um you could really tell that you do have a background in in fitness because well I'm not saying that you have to have a background in fitness to be good at pool I'm not trying to say that I'm just saying that it just shows that you have some some a lot of training because you're amazing that's what I'm trying to say <laughs> thank you oh <laughs> No problem at all. So you started pole professionally in 2018 and that was at a queer club night. So first of all, how did you get that gig? And (laughs) secondly, what was that experience like? Ah, so I sometimes forget to mention that before that I got someone message me and they were like, "Um, do you want to like do some pole modeling thing? And I was like, cool. So that was actually my first proper paid gig. But then dancing at the queer club nights, that was more through like I was really kind of I guess I was part of like the LGBTQIA um black and POC club scene so like my older sibling founded this thing called Babes London which is for black um queer trans intersex people so um that's like a big club night and then their friends they were like friends with like the wider community of people that do those kind of events so I when they founded that kind of like started coming along and then like grew more and more like interested in like the club scene and so like people within there who do a lot of things and have a lot of connections were like oh can you perform at this event and um 
I was like, yeah, cool. So I started kind of performing at the clubs and that's how I got into like performing in the queer club scene. And I still do. It's just that they've been closed for a bit, but that's my main bag. Like I absolutely, that's my favorite place to perform. Like the queer clubs are just like where you'll find me. That is like the best place. Can you tell me about these nights? Like, I just want to, I just want to have like a nice painted vision in my mind of what um, a typical night at these clubs are like when you're performing. Oh, okay. So I'm going to go for a specific um, performance. I'll go for when I did Pussyana at Pussy Palace. So it was like a celebration of like sex work and like, just like sex positivity essentially. So everyone was kind of dressed in like very like some, like a lot of people dressed in like fetish wear and things like that. And the club night always has this thing at like, I think it's either five to midnight or five past midnight or maybe at midnight, I can't even remember, but it's like at midnight exactly at the club, they do this thing called the walk off and it's based on kind of like um, black um, American ballroom culture where they have like people doing walks and like voguing and like whacking and all of that kind of stuff. So they do that on the runway and the club and everyone looks phenomenal. Like every night has like its own theme and it's just like the themes are so hilarious and people go so in and it's just like fantastic. Like people like make their own clothes. The music is sensational. Like they've got such great DJs and like they get a lot of really good press as well. And um, I think after the walk off, I put my stage at the end of the catwalk and like everyone kind of like cleared clears path and then like I did like a performance to like the, the theme of the night song which was Tatiana so that was at what we did at Pussyana and like it was just such a good vibe but the layout tends to be quite similar in terms of like different like queer clubs but like different clubs have their different styles but like the vibes for those specific clubs like the ones that are for black people and people of color always like such an energy mm. and just like the place that like I just feel like oh, I just need to be in and I love like you must be <laughs> so excited for clubs to open again you must be so so I am I am honestly like I cannot wait to get back in there like see all the people like oh I can't wait oh, oh my gosh. god yeah I How love it days? so much um, I can't remember when the first one is back on. My friends run a club called Gal Pals and I think that's on in August. Like, let me actually look at my calendar. I'm looking right now. 6th and 7th of August. Yeah. I'm not performing there though, just going for the vibes and like, because my friends run it as well. So helping out and all of that. But um, yeah, cannot wait. Probably going to cry in the club. I told, I've been saying everyone for ages, I was like, I'm going to cry in the club. Like, just missed the whole vibe so much. Like, just see me crying on the dance floor. Don't, don't judge me. I can imagine. No, it's definitely emotional. Like, for sure. Yeah. Um, a lot of people lost so much during the past year and a half to two years. So yeah. Of course, it's emotional getting it all back and, and also not knowing if it's back permanently. It's almost just like you're, you're getting it back, but like, there's always that feeling of if if we go back into lockdown, you know what I mean? There's always that uncertainty. So yeah. it's quite emotional, absolutely. So um, I wanted to delve into the year of 2020. And no, I'm not talking about COVID. I'm <laughs> actually talking about you. So you had a huge year in 2020. Yeah. Um, and I want to talk about it because you like are so inspiring and there's just so many, so many things that I'd love to know. So first of all, you started the Black Stage Pole project. Um, yes. And 
Yes, we'll definitely be delving into that, by the way. But then you also started creating content and collaborating with massive brands where you started, you know, modeling and and doing all that. So we'll get into all of this shortly. But <laughs> let's start with Blackstage. Can you yeah. tell us more about this amazing project and how it came to be? Well, so it came to be because you know what, I had been trying to, th- trying to do this for a while. I think in like 2018 or something, I did actually message Delijah from Black Girls Poll, the founder. I was like, oh, I have this idea. And like, I just really want to do this thing. And she was like, look, just like do it. Don't get in your head. And I got in my head for another like two years. Hence why it didn't happen in 2018, it happened in 2020. Um, I just really wanted a space because I'm so used to being immersed in like beautiful, like um, black and POC queerness. And like every time I kind of like, go out on like, my whole friendship group and every everywhere I am in life is always so kind of like queer and like beautiful and like there's just so many black people and people of color um that is my life and because it's like that and then I look in the poll kind of like scene in terms of who's popular and I'm just like it's a bit weird because like this is the only place that looks like this that I've in my life like I don't really not that I really interacted with that scene like that but I was like it's bit weird because like this doesn't really reflect what I'm seeing as the norm or as the day-to-day like there's literally like no kind of like non-binary like dark-skinned people no trans people like no disabled people and it's just like it just just seems like really wrong so I was like no this needs to be a thing and now that I have more time I'm definitely gonna like put this forward so I created like a space a project for black and POC pole dancers to exist and to be able to kind of like learn from each other and to see that we are here and like have a community to kind of swap skills and like have an event and have events reoccurring so that we can all kind of like bask in like each other's excellence and see that we really are here and this is actually the norm to see different bodies as opposed to kind of like thin white able-bodied cishet people that we're always presented with and that's why black stage materialized that's why like I put it forward and made it exist Mm, and I want to say thank you for doing that like really thank you you're welcome and I'm sure there are many other people out there who uh, are thanking you as well because sometimes you just need that person to go ahead and do it and you did that so girl you did that and thank you for that (laughs) (laughs) in one of your recent posts on Blackstage you captioned stop exploiting LGBTQIA plus pole dancers during pride month yeah that that really got me thinking. It got me thinking, and I want you to elaborate on why you decided to post this. So I decided to post it because um, I know it goes for, I'm talking specifically about like pole dancers in this instance, but I know for the wider LGBTQIA plus community, a lot of brands and people will only kind of holler at us when Pride Month comes around. It's like, you don't really care about like what's happening to our communities other than when you want to put a rainbow flag on something and make yourself look diverse for the clout and for like to be current and that's unacceptable so it's not just like other creatives it's also within poll and I think people sometimes do forget that because I've got a lot of friends that are like writers and like um designers and like artists of all different kind of like areas and I know that they also feel the same but I wanted to shed light on it in the pole industry because it's also something that happens there too people will reach out like oh we're doing this pride thing pride collaboration woo, and it's like 
but you've never literally like you've never reached out to these people before you don't care about them like you don't actually care until you want to make yourself look good until you want to use them as kind of like a sticker on your brand to show that oh we but by the way we do care about this community when you've never expressed any support in the past and the lgbtqia community is a community that does need support and does need help despite what people think like people think oh it's better than it was before like blah blah all of this stuff that happens but it's really not even that like much better because well there's so many instances like there's so many examples and I don't need to go into why it's not that much better but the LGBTQIA plus community needs support all of the time not just in pride month because hate crimes are happening every single day and people that are non-LGBTQIA plus don't experience that but often kind of like sit idly by while these people are suffering so Mm. yeah I just wanted to shed light on that within the poll industry because it also happens to me like people are like oh by the way we'd like to like reach out to you to do this thing and I'm like you've literally never spoken to me before and I don't even like know who you are because like Mm. like I genuinely have never checked in on me or my community before to my knowledge until now because you want to make yourself look good so I just had to put that out there like stop it it's not cute don't like it don't want to see it don't do it love it love it no thank you for that as well because um I I definitely noticed it too I've definitely noticed it too in in regards to uh, big brands. I 100% have witnessed it and I wanted you to shed light on that. So thanks for that. And I wanted to move on now to content creation. You've done so much in the past year. It is (laughs) so, so incredible. (laughs) Honestly, like it's extremely, extremely inspiring. So you've worked with huge brands such as Nike, Burberry, Adidas. You're also an ambassador for Linktree, Savage by Fenty. So how did you manage to find these opportunities? Like, do you have an agent or do you seek these these opportunities on your own? Like, what's your, um, what's your, your secret? So I, oh, okay. So it all happened kind of like in different ways. So basically I had one really good show. I performed at Red Bull Music Festival in 2018. Mm. And that was like a very amazing show. Like at that point, that was like the most I'd ever been paid. And I was like, I didn't even know pole dancers could make money like this. Like that was like, I was like, well, this has really opened my eyes. And from then it's crazy because I've never charge less for a performance than that because that was like okay if I can make this much money from this I'm never charging this much again it's always going to be more expensive so yeah it was crazy like um someone spotted me at that festival performing on stage because like sometimes I think back to the festival I'm like it was like one of my best performances ever like it was just sensational like um yeah someone spotted me there and they got in contact with me and they were like hi like I work for relationships at Nike and I'm just like blown away by your work. And I would just really love to work with you. Um, can we please stay in touch? So I was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> and then she actually sent me like gifts every month, like huge gifts from Nike every single month. And um, um, when she was leaving, she said, I'm gonna hand you over to this person because I, and I've told them how much I want to like make sure that your work gets out there. So um, they're gonna take over from me. And yeah, then, that person took over and they're like, right, we're going to do, they're really like, right, we're going to do this, 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 and this. And we're going to do these editorials and this, you're going to have your own shoot and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, okay, yes. Um, And yeah, that happened. Um, But before that, um, during lockdown, um, someone from Pussy Palace put me forward to say that they were doing a Vogue Pride 
like mini documentary like mm-hmm. such video and I was like oh my god like so I got on the Vogue thing which was great um and um with Adidas someone actually emailed me and they were like yeah I work for this production company and just really love your work and would love to have you for a, a new campaign I thought that 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 was a scam at first it's like what like surely like what and <laughs> then and then she was fully serious like she was like yeah willing to like basically do whatever like we can to like get you onto this like shoe and in this campaign and so that's how I got the Adidas. And then the same person who got me the Vogue thing was the same person that got me the Savage Fenty. Mm. And um, with Linktree, it was actually, um, someone had reached out to me about like promoting, like, yeah, a service similar to Linktree. And then I asked if I could get on the ambassador program for Linktree. Mm-hmm. So that was like me putting myself forward yeah. for that, which I love. Like Linktree is so good to work with. Like they're so like good when it comes to like taking criticisms on board and like how they can improve like their service in general. Like they're really like nice and like, they're yeah. really good to work with. And just like, I love the communication between me and them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for, what else did you say? There was one more. Uh, Burberry Burberry okay someone I work with their partner works at Burberry that's amazing so it's all yeah it's, it's all, all different connections it really know? is about yeah it's really about who you know but it's also like when you start to like get the right contacts and build up momentum like the possibilities are honestly endless and for me I was like my whole life like I think I started performing in midi music videos or being in music videos when I was 19 because I joined a talent agency when I was 19. And mm-hmm. so I got to do quite a lot of cool music videos. I did some things with like Sam Smith, Little Mix, Mary J. Blige. I was in a short film. Like I did quite a few things, but I don't I didn't necessarily think the agency was very good. Mm-hmm. Um and then but I learned a few things about how to navigate like managing yourself a little bit, but not that much. And then from through other freelancers and also like through um seven six agency influencer network I learned a bit about a bit more about um, managing yourself as a freelancer that and then um a few people like sharing tips who have been freelancers for a long time and like I've been I guess freelance performer and stuff since I was since 2018 so through that I kind of picked up a lot of knowledge on how to be my own agent so when it came to the Adidas thing I was like shit trying to get an agent to like represent me to make sure that everything went well and then I was and then they were kind of like well not kind of they were extremely flaky and I was like actually like I'm just gonna need to be my own agent so I was Mm -hmm. like yeah I'm self-managed um to Burberry so I was down as like self-managed which meant I had to quick not to Burberry to Adidas I was like I was self-managed I had to quickly like get together and like really learn how to like be my own talent agent so I could make sure I got all the things I need had to do a lot of research and all of that kind of stuff so yeah now I'm quite confident when it comes to managing myself and like I've got quite a good process yeah I hope that like I've just been rambling but like yeah that is how those things came to be and like yeah that's how I manage myself now (laughs) this podcast is all about the hustle so we (laughs) want to know we want to know uh but that is amazing once again congratulations you are a freaking star so moving on to your latest blog post why are pole dancers always your backdrop 
do's and don'ts of hiring pole dancers for music videos. So can you tell us a bit more about this article and what inspired you to write this? So what inspired me to write this is because like, I think I've just seen what seen and kind of been cast in one too many music music videos when it's just a bit like the person that's actually like doing the music part is like quite like mediocre in comparison to pole dance talent. You know what I mean? I'm like, so like, what makes you so important? And like, why am I your backdrop? And I was thinking about kind of like, yeah, how it's just a bit like that how it's undervalued in that industry sometimes not all the time but sometimes it is and I think I was on a particular shoot where they were really like trying to mess me around with my money not thinking that I really know what I'm doing because I've been working with people that are like a lot bigger than them so they were kind of trying to treat me like I was a fool I was like I'm not a fool here's my contract like you better sign it and like these are my like all of this stuff like um and they're kind of messing me around a bit and then I noticed that they'd like hired like a really expensive car to be in their video and they were trying to like pay me less and like they'd obviously unnecessarily like hired this ridiculous car and I'm like so you like value my work so little that like this essentially a prop is you're willing to pay more for it than I am I don't know it's just it was just like that like is what inspired me to make their post but it's also like a lot of things like I know I get a lot of um inquiries about like hiring me and stuff like that and people like the way they go in with like their kind of proposal is all wrong and like just like that people just need to know not what not to do because I hate when people are like oh yeah by the way I want you this thing and I'm going to pay you this amount of money it's like no 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 you don't set the rate of my work because you don't know what how much goes into actually like what I create so I set the rate for my work actually so you can tell me like the parameters around the work like oh we need you to we need someone to do to be here at this time and we want a pole dancer like what is your rate that's okay but not like oh I'm willing to offer you this much money because maybe you're willing to offer me that much money but I'm not I'm not willing to accept that much money Mm. so it's just kind of things like that like it's like our um industry is so disregarded and disrespected that people just try so much to exploit us and I've seen time and time again people be exploited and also sorry something popped into my head like a really actually high profile singer their casting director messaged me and they wanted me and my partner to be in a music video but they're only willing to pay us a hundred pounds exactly yeah oh my and it, God. it was ridiculous and it was literally my partner's birthday the day after and I would have just landed on a flight that morning and they were, we were going back and forth and I was like I, I would love to do it but this is my rate and mm. I'm not accepting 100 and we went back and forth and then the woman was very kind of like patronizing and she was kind of like well this um, other high profile actor is going to be in the music video and I'm like good for him if you want to pay him that much money cool maybe he can afford it but I'm that's not my rate and we were going back and forth and it was like really like annoying me that she was trying to kind of haggle with me as in like my work's not like valuable enough for me to set the price myself and it just like really annoyed me and I think that actually is the worst one I've had to date but that was quite yeah that I, I didn't do it in the end and I know that 
another pole dancer I think maybe did I don't know I've never seen the video but I think they probably got someone in the end because they like to do this whole exposure thing like you're in the music video with this person and they're like I don't know if they got a Grammy or I don't I honestly don't know what like they've got but it's actually not worth it because when you take jobs like that it just means that they can continue to exploit people in our industry and that's just not how I want it to go for us like pole dancing should be a career that you can earn enough money to survive on like you should be able to like everyone else retire on it you know what I mean Mm. you should be able to make like upwards of 30k a year doing pole dancing because people do it with other professions and we work just as hard if not harder sometimes so it's just really ridiculous to me that like that happened but sorry that just reminded me of that but yeah like oh yeah people try and exploit us a lot but that is so good that you did that because the amount of people uh, myself included, I do something sometimes for, for exposure. So I, I'm, I'm guilty for it as well. It's good to speak to you about this because you're making me also realize, you know what I mean? Like maybe that's not the the right way to go about it because I have heard in the past that sometimes doing things sometimes for a little bit less money can end up paying you, um, paying you in the end. Like it's almost like an investment of time. Yeah. What I mean, so sometimes you actually, it's really hard to determine, is this going to be good? uh, If I do this for free, or if I do this for, you know, really little money, will it pay off in, in the future? Or am I just really um, not giving myself the value that I deserve? So that is really interesting. And I'm glad that we're talking about this. Yeah. And Uh, there's, yeah, like there's some things that maybe I would do for a lot less but it depends like who for yes. if it, like like you said if it's really worth it because like I'm quite good at negotiating down so it's like oh you want me to be there for like this amount of time to do this but like you can only offer me this amount of money so instead I'm going to give you this which is what I think that amount of money is worth so I can still do your work but I'm gonna I'm not going to give you as much as I could do if you gave me more money if that makes sense mm. like that's something I do sometimes but also like it, it also depends on who you're working with like obviously don't get exploited like they're offering you zero and it's like not they're not being nice like sometimes people can't genuinely can't afford your rate but like I sometimes like if it's like a queer black artist like I'm more likely to take a little bit less money because like that's also part of my community and if there's something else they can offer me there like um then that's cool but and if they're like good vibes and I genuinely like like some people I've built relationships with afterwards like yeah but most of the time I just try not to be like exploited kind of thing but yeah there obviously are some circumstances when it's like okay I'm gonna do this little thing and I'll like, let you off here. Yeah. It's not yeah. like an absolute, but like, yeah, 99.9% of the time, I'm like not doing anything for exposure. And like, yeah, to be honest, if someone could offer me only zero, then I probably wouldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And I feel so, like my best friend. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm assuming this is what you kind of go over in detail in your workshop because you actually yeah, do yeah. have a, you have a workshop that is called how to make money as a pole performer. So is this kind of, you know, the, the topics that you explore? Yeah. So we kind of go over, um, things that you should put like to cover yourself as a freelancer things, how to negotiate rates, like how to set your prices, those kind of things. And I'm going to do one on contract writing. So I need to like basically I'm going to work with the legal team to like um because I've got contracts already but I'm going to work with the legal team to like basically help people create a workshop to help freelance performers get a really solid contract in 
yeah so that's what like that's another thing that I'm gonna do it's kind of because I we cover contract writing a little bit but not like the in-depth contract writing not things like exclusivity and non-exclusivity exclusivity and stuff like that so like it's kind of helpful to know so yeah those are the kind of things I cover in my workshop if anyone's interested I'm going to do another one at some point I'm quite busy at the moment but when I have time I'll <laughs> I'll release that amazing amazing well I'll be um listing your website and all your links on the show notes so if anyone wants to uh, contact Layla about her next workshop just do so via Instagram or whatnot what's your favorite way of getting contacted email Oh, email, okay. 100%. Yeah. I'll leave I'll leave the email as well then. <laughs> yes. So, we're going to start wrapping it up now. We have talked a lot about the hustle, but I do want to know, do you take days off? Well, you did mention about taking time off to yourself at the beginning of the podcast. So, I'm assuming that's yeah. a yes, but how do you what are ways that you manage to switch off of everything and kind of just like, you know, recenter yourself and get into alignment? Well, um, in my therapy sessions, which I used to enjoy before my therapist went away, that was a good time because I just, it's literally just me talking about me. Mm-hmm. And like, that's a good time to be like, okay, like I'm kind of going through everything that's happened in the week and like refocusing and like thinking about what's like, what should be prioritized? Like, how's my relationship with my partner? Like all of this kind of stuff, because I don't want to let stuff slip. So that's one way. Um, also just watching like, trash tv you know what I mean like I absolutely love Real Housewives Real Housewives of Beverly Hills like that is my like number one right now like it's just it's endless fun like I just love that is just the way like Real Housewives yes love it it. and lastly I'd love to touch on the concept of mindset and motivation I I know that we kind of went over a little bit we talked about more mental health at the beginning of the episode but I'd love to talk to talk about how you stay motivated so do you have any tips tools or tricks to give anyone that um, maybe struggles with motivation or has many days where they just don't feel like moving forward you know sometimes when you feel like that it's because like you actually need to rest mm-hmm. so like sometimes you're like oh my gosh I need to be motivated blah, blah blah but like sometimes like if you don't feel motivated think about what's maybe going on in your life that's making you feel like that because sometimes when I'm like oh, I really don't feel motivated and then I'm like sometimes end up crying later in the week and I'm like hang on I'm not crying about the fact that I didn't feel motivated like I'm, there's actually something going on here like there's something going on in my personal life or like I'm struggling with something else and sometimes it's kind of like it becomes like a little bit of a fog and that's what takes away my motivation like something could happen in my life like maybe I've got something going on with the family or something like that like or yeah just something else is going on there that's stop it's like blocking me and until I kind of address that then I know that I won't feel that motivated sometimes Mm -hmm. so therapy is something that helps with that but also like thinking about what it is that you think is stopping you like is there something that you're stressed about like have you got like a deadline coming up and like now you can't really focus on anything else maybe chip away at that deadline and see if there's something that you can get done there and see if your motivation builds up elsewhere because I'm trying to give like a specific example I had like a really really long application due it took me five months to do this application like it was that bad like it was so hard and it was so stressful and I just throughout that whole period of time didn't feel very motivated in the studio like I couldn't like do much really I was just like oh my gosh I can't do anything what's going on when I submitted that application 
when I sat down and properly finished it and submitted it, like I felt so inspired. There were so many things that came into my head and I was like, oh my gosh, I could do this and I could do that. And I think sometimes it's just like something else that's blocking it. And also if there isn't anything blocking it, maybe kind of look around for other inspiration, maybe try something new or go back to basics because that always helps. Like you could never have, you could never spend too long perfecting technique with something basic, never. Like literally like a fireman spin can always like look better. Like you can always like make it stronger. Like there can always be like a little tweak there. Like the most basic of things you can kind of go over and like focus on and make them look even better. And that is like a way to like, build up kind of your basics and also like looking at new things for inspiration like go to like new parts of like places that you usually look for inspiration and just like see if you can find something else see if you can try something new mix it up a bit um add a bit of variety into life sometimes maybe go out to somewhere new and try some, a new cuisine like just like do something a bit random and a bit wild and see if like see how you feel after that so that plus like think about what else may be going on in your personal life that may be taking away your ability to feel motivated. So those two things are like my tips. Love that. Thank you, Layla Davis. <laughs> uh, this, this has been amazing. Honestly, just sitting down and chatting to you for an hour. Like, honestly, I feel so fulfilled. Um, and thank you for sharing your story, your tips. You are amazing and you're a huge inspiration. So lastly, where can we find you? You can find me at, at Cutie Whippingham, that's C-U-T-I-E, Whippingham, W-H-I-P-P-I-N-G-H-A-M. That's my Instagram. My Twitter is at Cutie Whip, which is C-U-T-I-E-W-H-I-P-P. Um, I also have TikTok, which is also at Cutie Whip. Um, and then if you need to email me about anything, like if you want to get in touch with me about anything kind of like work related or advice or anything like that, please definitely email me as opposed to DMing me. And that's Davis at gmail.com. So that's L-E-I-L-A-P-A-I-G-E-D-A-V-I-S at gmail.com. And my website is com is my website. And then once again, I'll be linking all of this in the show notes. So if you're going on Spotify, just uh, click the episode and all the links will be there um, after my, my little paragraph that I write. So anywho, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Hey everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Queens of Hustle podcast. As this is a passion project that I'm doing all by myself in my free time, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review on the Apple Podcasts app or on Spotify. Feel free to share this episode on your social media or send it to someone you know who'd benefit from listening to this. Have an amazing day or night wherever you're listening. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.